0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Jeff Harmon about developing technical experts to become vulnerable and successful organizational leaders. Hello, Jeff Harmon. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks, Jonathan. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. I'm so excited to have the chance to talk with you for the next 20 to 30 minutes. Um, To start things off, I just want to jump in with a a brief bio um, so the listeners know a little bit about you. And then I'll invite you to share anything else you want to add about yourself. Jeff, Yeah. Uh, Jeff Harmon has over 20 years of experience building relationships to equip and mobilize leaders to achieve their most important goals. He has built his life and career based on two principles how you lead matters, and it's not about me. 11 years ago, Jeff was diagnosed with a degenerative nerve condition. The reality is that some who are diagnosed with this condition die. He knows more than m- almost anyone he has ever met, the value of every day. Upon diagnosis, Jeff looked at his mortality in the face and then got the news that he is one of the fortunate ones and the disease will likely not take his life. Uh, he has a much, large, a much longer lease on life and lives with the regular reminder of impermanence. Jeff uses a, every precious moment of life to fulfill his mission, to set leaders ablaze with the mission of God, has, for the mission God has for their lives, and fill the giant leadership void that exists in the world, loving, supporting, and challenging them every step of the way. Jeff's relationship with God is at the center of his life, and this forms the values, principles, and perspectives on everything he does. Jeff's ability to access the strengths and talents um, of individuals and teams and distill the most complicated, overwhelming concepts into real, actionable steps has enabled him to help leaders to execute plans that produce results while also developing their capacity to lead, over Jeff's career, he has either led or facilitated the delivery of over 200,000 hours of strategy in the finance, uh, financial services, information technology, pharmaceutical, and nonprofit industries. Uh, a tremendous background. I could go on and on, Jeff. Uh, but it's I'm uh, so thrilled to have the opportunity to speak with such uh, an impressive person. Um, anything you would like to add on in terms of your your background your personal life anything like that
1: you know Jonathan it's interesting I, I have a few different versions of the bio and I forgot that that's the one I had sent to you so <laughs> um it's all there I mean there's nuances and details but there is there's no filter in that one you just read um you know I'll just add uh, just a personal bit that but that connects with what you just shared is that I live my life in a wheelchair, so ninety-nine percent. I have a little bit, little bit of mobility, but I live my life there, and that's uh, really a, a huge part of my story. And uh, yeah, so I'll just add that for folks who are listening, um, and and yeah, so that I think that'll do it.
0: Great, and and I just wanted to add. I mean, the, the focus of our, our discussion today isn't going to be on. The connection of faith and leadership though that would actually be a really uh, interesting episode and perhaps we should do that in the future um but i'm also a, a person of faith and a strong believer in servant leadership mm. and uh it really informs most of uh, how most of my worldview and how i interact with others or at least i, tr- I try to have that inform how i interact with others um and i, I get the feeling that that uh fits with you as well. And, and I think, um, there's a lot of power to be found in, in the, the combination of, of the spiritual and how we lead organizations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, anytime you want to have that conversation, I'm game.
0: Cool. Very cool. Well, uh, to start off, I, I'm actually curious, uh, how you decided to focus your work the way you have. So you, you focus on, um, technically oriented industries like pharma, biotech, healthcare, IT. Uh, What's the reason for that? And how did you get into that space?
1: So uh, I'll do the quick version of the story. So, um, so my, my background is IT. So I, I, I was never a technical person, but that was my world in deep with technical people, programmers for 17 years um, so that, that's a natural way that I, I, I can, that I can connect and see that they the challenges that they have. I'm also here in Northern New Jersey. So, uh, for those that don't know, Northern New Jersey, New Jersey in general is kind of a hotbed for pharma and biotech. Okay. And so when I, so I have, I have a pretty nice network of friends who are in that space. And then when I transitioned out of my old life into the, into my new professional life, uh, over the last 10 years, it was a natural place for me to go. And talking with friends at, at barbecues and over drinks and in different social settings, I really got a sense of what they were up to and and their challenges. And so we call it by accident. I, I don't believe in that, but but it just it just sort of happened. And then as over the last decade, just doing this work, just really being able to connect to their world and and understand their their unique challenges and the challenges that people have when they have come up through a technical track and then find themselves in manager director vice president sometimes even C level that they're in those roles and I, I see that as I found that to be a really fulfilling and um, yeah fulfilling opportunity and. to to serve and, and to, to help them develop as in their leadership roles.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I I think you're absolutely right that very often leaders within that space, um, they, they come up and they get promoted and they, they develop in their career because of their technical expertise, not necessarily because of their, People management abilities, um, you know, in their, their various leadership abilities, they might have some natural talents and abilities in that area, but they haven't necessarily been trained or developed in that area. And so, I think there's a lot of opportunity there to help uh, these individuals be more effective to run um, sounder organizations that are more strategic and more people centric. And sometimes they don't see that they don't they don't recognize that gap within themselves. Um, but that that's an opportunity that you and I have and others like us to to help uh, and improve the lives of of many people because their organizations run better yeah excellent what What do you see as the biggest pain points for leaders in these technical spaces
1: so you you kind of just spoke to it is they were they were the best programmer they were the best scientist the best engineer uh they were they were ex- excellent at, at what they at what they do and and now a different something different is being called upon um that they they were always looked to with with the answers and and so the shift that needs to happen and thereby the challenge is to shift from being the one with all the answers and being acknowledged not only in your company, but some of my clients are industry experts, speak on panels, you know, travel around are called upon as experts. And now step into this role where it's not about having all the answers. It's asking better questions, listening more deeply, re- empowering people. Uh, and it, it doesn't make bad people by any stretch of the imagination. Um, It's just, that's been their default mode for decades uh, for the better part of their careers. And so that's the, that's the shift that has to be made. And anytime you're building a new habit or building a new muscle, it can be painful, definitely takes intention and effort and time. So that to me is the probably the, the foremost challenge. And then there's lots of others that flow from that, but that to me is the central shift that that is challenging to make.
0: So how, what, what's what been your experience in trying to help um, leaders in technical spaces become more self-aware and become willing to do that hard work? Um, like you, you just mentioned, it's, it's like, it's like building a muscle. It's, it can be painful. It can, It takes a long time. Uh, It's not a flash in the pan. You can't just hire someone to come in and do a four-hour training and then voila, all of a sudden, you're an effective leader. Um, You know, it takes intention. It takes self-discipline. It takes self-awareness. It takes really looking yourself in the mirror consistently over a long, sustained period of time, Uh, and that can be super uncomfortable for people, let alone just the change that's uncomfortable for people.
1: Yeah, yeah well i i think jonathan the the word you said in there is the key it starts with will you know there is that 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 debate that happens all the time is it more will or skill and there's absolutely skill that needs to be developed and 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 invested in but to me it's it's the will, the willingness of the person. And one of the first conversations that I have, whether it's in my training or coaching is with, whether it's one or a group of these leaders is what is it you want? What is it that you're, that you really, that you really want? Because part of the challenges is, is the world tells us, well, this, if you want to advance, this is what it looks like. So the world is, it tells us that. And tells them that. <clears throat> and so we're kind of thrown into this track somewhat without intention. And, and so the question I have, what I just said is, what is it that you really want? And most of the time, the answer is, well, well I do want to be a leader. There are certainly those that have the realization and it takes some vulnerability, some self awareness to say, you know what, that's actually not what I want. I don't want to be a leader. I want to be a great scientist. I want to be a great engineer, or and so on. But most, if if I really think about it, most do. They sincerely want to. And then it's it's just taking a different approach. You said it. It's more than just going to a four hour workshop or reading a couple books. It is. Uh, it takes a different, it takes a different approach um, than maybe what traditional development efforts would, would, would prescribe. Um, And so, you know, we can talk about our, the method that we've developed, I've developed with my team, but it starts really there. Willingness and commitment to, to doing, to doing this. And I, I have an expression, it's not mine. I've, I think Marshall Goldsmith has said it and others, but what got you here won't get you where you want to go. So once we know where you want to go and you're willing and committed to that, then it's about creating a path to, to that end.
0: I don't know how old you are. We look, it looks like we're probably about the same age. I'm 41. Um, I I think about like these leadership competencies and skills and capabilities that I've tried to develop over time. And for the most part, they've all been a lifelong endeavor. Um, and, And some I'm pretty good at, others I'm still not really good at and I'm still working on. It's a mixed bag. And, and so I'll be continuing to work on these, you know, for the rest of my life. And I, and I think that's the way it is for pretty much everybody. Uh, and so it, it, there's nothing magical about how to do it. You just have to have the, the disciplined intention behind it and work to develop the types of characteristics that are valuable to you. Uh, and I, I don't think there's any way around putting in the time and the effort.
1: Yeah, so I'm 45. I'll be 46, you uh, know, in about 10 days. Um, so I'm right there in the same same lane, same wheelhouse as as you. And you know, the you know, I've been studying leadership, but but even more recently, uh, how do you how do you create an environment to really help these folks? Because because that's one of the things not just technically oriented people but but all leaders um but those in that space they, they they often if we use the disc assessment and not to go too disky here but you know but the but the especially the C um the S and the C they they're more in that in that realm and especially the Cs they they like they like structure they like Something that has been thoughtful and proven, and so as I've been studying habit change and and development, what really works? I mean, I think that's what what's needed: the discipline, as you said, the commitment, and then creating a structure where they can they can they can they can operate within this. Um, that that to me is also another key to to doing this well and and to help them. So that they can help themselves.
0: Yeah, helping others to help themselves is, is really the key. And you said it earlier, um, helping transition the mindset of having all the answers to now as a leader, asking all the right questions and then relying on the expertise of others. Um, so good leaders will, I mean, we all have certain areas of expertise. So I'm not trying to say expertise is the bad. Um, yeah, expertise certainly. is absolutely essential and it, you know, it's necessary for organizations to be successful, but successful leaders, they may have their area of expertise, but they also develop an ability to have a, a, a breadth of understanding, um, and, and then being willing and vulnerable enough to rely on the, the experts in other areas so they can take a systems approach to tackling complex problems. Um, and so it's a fundamental shift, having the answers, to asking the right questions. Uh, and and frankly, that's what we do as consultants too, right? Is you know, we, we don't go in with all the right answers, even though we have lots of experience working with organizations, we go in and we try to probe and ask the right questions to help our clients think through the issues they're facing and come to realizations, right? Yeah. Uh, and that that's what really I think leadership is all about.
1: Yeah, and you hit a, You said the word, you keep saying these magic words, Jonathan, along the way, you said uh, vulnerable, you know, and I think that's really what we're talking about is vulnerability. Um, and to be vulnerable enough to say, I don't know, I'll find out or to ask a question that puts us in a real, it puts a leader in a really vulnerable state. Um, that's scary. And and there's a lot of fear and insecurities that get driven up. Um, so, hey, I get it. I I like to be the guy who has got answers. So I, I I totally get where people, my my clients and those that I'm talking with, I totally get where they're coming from and that it is hard.
0: With all of this in mind, what would you say is really like the one or two things? leaders need to pay attention to right now especially in this covid world um, where organizations are facing all sorts of extra strains um, we're in it really I don't think anyone's ever been in this situation right um, so so leaders are trying to deal with economic situations they're trying to deal with employee and customer well-being um, they're trying to stay viable you know and simply stay in business um, so what what are some of those things that are called for in leadership right now?
1: So, you know, there, there's, there's, there's a number of them, you know, the first one is that I would say is, is make sure your people aren't breaking down. Um, so that's, that's really important. And the emphasis there, I'll just make sure everybody hears me when I say this, we are not mental health professionals. Now some people who are listening are and their leaders but most of the people listening to this probably aren't mental health professionals. So we don't have to turn into therapists, but to have our, our minds, their minds and their eyes set on, are, are my people okay? Are are they breaking down? Um, That is, uh, I think that's one of the things that we have to be thinking about and that we'll probably be thinking about for a while. I mean, who knows what the next, 12 months are going to be like but but I think that is 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 foremost and then you know the the principle that I talk about a lot is make sure you know and and that your people know you care about them and there's lots of there's lots of things that you can that you can do in that vein but if I was to give one thing around supporting your people so that they don't break down is take on a more of a coach approach. One of the books that I'm giving away a lot right now is, uh, the coaching habit by Michael Bungay Stanier, um, really powerful book. And just to start to, to, to be more of a coach, talk a little less, listen a little bit more, ask a few more questions and that is so powerful to help to just to to be present for those you're leading and and also to make sure that they feel connected.
0: Yeah, feeling connected I think is so vital right now. Um it's nice that we have video conferencing to to have some amount of collaboration and connection, but it's just not the same. And uh, you know, remote work has a lot of benefits in part just just the health um, aspects right now and dealing with the pandemic, but there, are, you, you mentioned the mental health challenges, the, um, the, just the anxiety levels and uh, how employees are dealing with that in terms of all the, the wellness aspects of our employees that organizations need to really be thinking about, and leaders need to be thinking about um, in ways that maybe they hadn't been inclined to consider before, right? It's just much more at the forefront right now than it ever has been before. Uh, so, so I think that's absolutely essential. Any other key pieces, uh, you know, that leaders should be thinking about today?
1: Yeah, it comes in form of the, of a distinction. Uh, it's the, and a distinction I teach to all, all my clients and that is uh, agreements versus expectations. And it, it is, it is, it has become the, the most powerful distinction, not just for leaders, but leaders can really set a tone here. And I'll just take a second and explain the distinction. Most of us operate in life based on unspoken or unclear expectations. I mean just think of at home, you know, I expect that dinner's going to be on the table at six o'clock. I expect that my kids are going to do their their work. Um, I expect. I, I expect my team is going to follow through on that commitment. So we have all these expectations that typically are either unspoken or unclear. And the invitation that I invite leaders to to move into is now agreements. So get out of our heads with what we think or assume someone else knows or understands and get really clear into a, in in a dialogue to, to create powerful agreements and sometimes really simple agreements. And, you referred to remote work. That that to me has been so powerful for those that I'm supporting is that they, as they're connecting with their people, that they create clear agreements on what will be done, who will be, who will do what by when, and, and, and that everybody understands. And you could take this down to a micro level of an individual task. You could talk about core values and getting agreements on core values But whatever it is, it goes, you know, these macro level concepts down to the micro. Leaders need to get out of the world of expectations and move into clear spoken agreements.
0: Yeah, excellent. Uh, I'm all about transparency, open communication and clear expectations. I think that's it's it's rather simple, uh, but it's it's so fundamental uh, and it's it's hard to have effective organizations, effective people and teams if leaders aren't doing those basics right
1: yeah, absolutely, absolutely
0: well very good jeff it's been a pleasure chatting with you we 're about out of time uh, before we close up. Can you just take a minute and um, share with the listeners how can they get in contact with you and your organization uh, if if they want to find out more?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. the The best way to learn more about me and my my perspective on life and work and leadership is LinkedIn. That has become my hub. Um, I do almost all my publishing of content on LinkedIn. So, um, if you look me up, uh, my my handle is is Brilliant Coach, uh, or you could look for Jeff Harmon, uh, and you can find me that way too. So that's a great place for people to learn more about me, get a better sense of what I'm up to and, and all the content, obviously LinkedIn is free, you know, so all the content, if once we're connected, uh, blogs, videos, uh, articles, free resources, just tons of uh, tons of content out there. um, That, that, that is probably the best place and the, the quickest place for us to get connected and, to, um, to, to, for you to get value.
0: Wonderful. Awesome. I, I encourage my listeners to go, uh, search out Jeff and, and, uh, strike up a conversation with him. Jeff, it's been a, a tremendous pleasure to have a chance to talk with you and I hope this isn't the last time we talk. I hope we can have some follow-up conversations, um, and, uh, and uh, continue to delve into these topics more deeply. Yeah.
1: Um, My pleasure, Jonathan. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Yep. Thanks for joining me. And I hope you have a great week. Thanks. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the human capital innovations podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.